Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, your two favorite sex-on-the-internet perverts. I mean, doctors of sexuality. Yeah, I mean, everything (laughs) we do is a little bit perverted because that's the fun part of life. Like, I don't know. Anyway. That's why we have this show, because we love talking about sex, and we have degrees in it, so you can believe what we say. (laughs) That's how it works. Yay! Uh, (laughs) So I was thinking, uh, we've had a lot of questions come in about quarantine and partners. And we've answered a couple questions about like how to deal with things and how to stay together. Um, I was thinking about all of those relationships that don't work out. Our questions today are about cheating. Um, Do you have any interesting stories that you'd like to share? I have a breakup story I can tell that just popped up to mind that's pretty absurd. I mean, the... Only thing I can share about cheating is the most ridiculous way I found out a partner was cheating on me. And it was because they bragged about it to the person who was closest to me. (laughs) And that person obviously told me, um, which was like, how stupid can you be? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I I love to talk about cheating because, you know, I think it's um, so insane when people do it because I think it's so easy to not do it. It's like just talk to someone and you don't have to cheat on them. I mean, right. So that's the episode in a nutshell. Um, I was dating this person and I was living with them in um, St. Louis and Things were always kind of iffy, onny, offy, like weird, not like breakup-y, but never great. Um, They were still very closeted and didn't want to tell their family. They still haven't told their family. This is one of the people who ended up marrying a dog trainer. Um, I have two. Anyway, uh, in our breakup process, they said to me... I just need to hold on for a second. Two people that you've dated have then married dog trainers? No, two men that I have... (laughs) pretty seriously dated, never came out and ended up marrying women dog trainers, too. That's so weird. I know. It's are crazy. women, what are women, I don't understand. <laughs> okay, continue. So, I just needed to clarify exactly what this so, dog trainer part was of the story. So our breakup conversation started around like, well, He's like, I don't want to tell my mom. And I'm like, well, that's fine for now, but eventually you'll have to. And he's like, I don't know if I ever could. I'm like, whatever. I'm going back to college. Goodbye. Uh, So then we're on the phone. We're actually typing like in a chat. And he's like, Andrew, you're just too perfect for me. I have a disability. And I, I just I need to date someone who's not perfect. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, I have night blindness. I can't drive in the dark. And I'm like, what? That's not a real disability. Now, if you have night blindness and it's a real disability, I'm sorry, but my like 20 year old self was totally not buying. Like I was too perfect to date someone with night blindness. Wow. First of all, that's what everyone who's ever broken up with me has said. I'm just too perfect. Just kidding. That's just what I pretend in my head that they said. <laughs> well, well no, that's what I mean. Like this is the story that. So if you're listening, X, and I know you're still in my life, like you, you still try to connect once in a while and the answer will always be, ha ha, no, not ever. 
right? Like, I'm not going to cheat on anybody for you. You're married okay. to a dog trainer. Okay, 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 okay. Also, though, is that a true story or did you just make up that part in your head that you were too perfect? <laughs> nope, that is 100% the truth. I'll never forget it. I could probably dig around on old computers and find like the saved chat. What was that, like an instant messenger? Uh, yeah, it, it was ICQ. AOL instant messenger. Yep. <laughs> Okay, before we date ourselves anymore, let's get to the question of the day. So today, our question is, how can I recover from being cheated on? And like, oh my God, that's such a good question. And so we will get in today, like, we'll talk about what's cheating, like, how to get over it, should you get over it, what you should do, how you move on, how you build, whatever. We're going into it all. Yeah. And I think it's important to look at this question from both sides, right? Like, what do you do if you're the person who's been cheated upon? Like, your your road to recovery and your path is really different than if you're the person who cheated and you're trying to make amends. Like, you're trying to fix what's going on. Um, I think one of the most important things to talk about if, when we're talking about cheating is that it's a, it's a trauma, right? It's a trauma that's inflicted on people and it lasts, right? It lasts a long time. There are people who who don't recover from being cheated on. It's a violation of trust. I totally agree. And and I also feel differently on some of these topics than Andrew. I also think that, you know, people are very resilient and do get over a lot of their traumas and can really, you know, move on from that too. And so like, I agree that it is a trauma and just because something's a trauma also doesn't mean that that's the end of the road for that person or that relationship or whatever. Well, no, absolutely not. But I think it's also the kind of damage that happens, especially to younger people, that it changes the way that they engage in future relationships. It can change the way that their their ability to trust future partners, um, partners that have never done anything that would have like hinted or shown that they may be a cheater, right? So I, I think it's really important to go into this, at least from my perspective, saying like, if you are thinking about cheating on someone, it's the kind of damage that you can do that can last for months or years or for the rest of their life. And Spring's 100% correct. There are lots of people who do full recoveries from cheated. There are relationships where someone cheated and the relationship ends up stronger on the other side. Like those things can happen, but those things don't happen all the time and don't happen without a ton of work. Right. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of um, some of the research I've done where we look at um, how people get over things. And um, it was something different in my research. But, you know, the process of getting over this was something that we found was that people had to like become an advocate for themselves in some way to get over it. And I think, you know, that's actually very similar and thinking about like how you get over um, the trauma of cheating, like as you become this like a stronger version of yourself and like start to really speak to your partners like much more directly and bringing things up and be much more proactive about the conversations you have with partners instead of um, ignoring things and waiting until things get um, worse or worse or worse or that's right. I said worse or until mm-hmm. you <laughs> address them. And, um, and you know, like that idea of um, becoming an advocate for yourself, I think is so strong. And I, 
I know we're just, I'm kind of like jumping around here right now, but like, I really just like remember that from hearing these like words from research participants and it just like echoed in my head there with what you were saying. Well, I mean, and, and I, I think it's really important to start talking about those strategies, like be an advocate. And I think that, I mean, that should be the case for everything for your entire life. Like that's like a good piece of advice for everything. But um. But if we look at cheating, it's actually really common. Um, there are lots of surveys, various surveys, national surveys, and we're talking about United States populations. It's different in different parts of the world. Um, but uh, about 20% of people overall have cheated. Like the numbers are a little bit different um, for men and for women. But on average, this, the surveys show that about 20% of people have experienced or have cheated on their partner. Is that that's that's about right, right? Right. And that's that's talking about sexual cheating. <laughs> and there are lots of types of cheating, right? So um, you can think about um, emotional intimacies and sometimes people consider that cheating and some people wouldn't consider that cheating. Um, but these emotional intimacies, intimacies, if you count that as cheating, then those numbers jump from about 20% to about 40%. Emotional cheating. Um, I don't know how much time we have to dig into that <laughs> this episode. Um, most of the cheating that we're going to be talking about is, you know, the affair kind of cheating where someone has gone off and, and been intimate with another person. I think emotional cheating is a lot harder to nail down because in each individual relationship, that's going to look different, too. Like the how how deep the emotional intimacy gets before it's considered cheating, right? Right. I mean, I know some couples that I think they have pretty unhealthy relationships where like if there are phone calls or going out and there's someone of the other sex there, their partner gets upset because they're afraid like, oh my gosh, you're close to this person. You had a conversation with this person. You sent a birthday card to this person. Like, no, it was a work card and we all signed it. My name's on it because it was a work. Like the levels of uh, that, that people associate to emotional cheating are really very different. But if you have good communication inside of your relationship, like that's where you can sort of delineate what's appropriate and what's a not appropriate. Um, but also, I think often emotional cheating comes from areas of trust. Um, I've said it on lots of our episodes before. There's no one perfect person who can fill all of your needs. And if you go into a relationship thinking that you're going to be the only person who can be that person's social, emotional, and physical partner for the rest of your life, you're in for a world of hurt because that other person is going to find friendship and emotional support and social support elsewhere. And if they don't, it's going to cause some problems as well. Yeah, but emotional, like if we include the, the emotional kind of uh, cheating that Spring's talking about, it increases to 40% of people at some point in their life have cheated. Yeah. Yeah. So we know it's really common. So that's why, you know, it's a really important thing for us to talk about because, um, that so many people have been cheated on. So many people have cheated on other people. And so the first thing we want to talk about is, okay, so we're going to talk about it's happened. What, what happens next? So somebody has cheated on you. Where are we? Yeah. And we will uh, start talking about that right after the break. Welcome back, everybody. So today we're talking about cheating. And I thought something that might be really interesting to do would be to talk about it from the standpoint of you've cheated on somebody. Like, what are the steps that you need to do to reconcile or kind of fix the relationship? 
right? Because the, the question that came in was really from the other perspective, like, how do I heal from cheating? Or how do I recover from cheating? Um, but I think a big part of that is the other person really has to be in there, right? Like the other person has to like want to make that better as well. Um, and I mean, part of the part of that is just being really honest, right? Telling the full truth, coming completely clean. Um, you can't lie. Uh, no more hidden texts. Rip that bandaid off altogether for that person. Yeah. So we're saying, you know, if you've cheated on someone and you want to still be in that relationship with someone at that person that you cheated on, then there's a lot of work you need to do to show that you're trustworthy, to show that that person, um, should trust you again. And that means quite a lot quite a lot of work on your part to like really open up about everything to answer any questions they have about it and to really start to say, what do you need to trust me again? And, and we have some ideas, but like really it should come from your partner that you cheated on. Like they will know pretty intrinsically. I think, you know, like, um, from the depths of their heart, what they need to feel like they can trust you again. I mean, it's really about rebuilding or building accountability. Um, so while you're telling the truth, you've ripped off the bandaid, you have to let your partner ask you any question at all. And by asking question, I mean, this is where they get to look at messages and emails and credit card bills, like coming clean is more than just saying like, I messed up, I'm sorry. Like there's all kinds of other accountability. And I think it's important to say that this doesn't last forever, right? Like you put a moratorium on it, but for a period of time, there needs to be complete and full transparency if you've cheated with somebody else. You can't be punished forever. We're going to talk about that more in a few minutes as well. Um, but it's really important to let them ask questions and then give them full and complete answers. Like I said, it's going to hurt. Um, but if you want to actually rebuild accountability and trust in the relationship, you have to really put all of the information out there. Yeah. And so um, I think, you know, it is important that we should always have trust in our partners. And normally it would be ridiculous to look at your partner's text messages. And like that would actually be considered, you know, um, domestic violence if you're like, being forced to show messages to your partner at all the time. Um, however, this is like an extreme circumstance we're talking about, right? So if you've cheated on someone, then the rules change for a short time where you rebuild that trust. And again, if you both decide that you want to stay in that relationship, there's after a short time, then saying, okay, I want to be in this relationship. So I'm choosing to trust you again. So like, this isn't, this doesn't go on, I would say very long at all. I would say like, I, I mean, I don't want to give it an exact time, but like. It's different for every relationship, but it's going to go for weeks to months. This isn't the kind of thing that's going to go for years, right? Like, because if you don't rebuild trust, you know, within six months or a year, your relationship is never going to recover. And then it's going to always feel like, there's punishment that some like big brothers watching you that you can't be your own person. Um, so, I mean, and none of these steps are easy, right? And that's the reason why most relationships where someone is cheated and someone comes back, often they don't, they don't work, right? Another really important thing to do uh, if you've cheated on someone is that person you've cheated with, you need to say goodbye to. And 
saying goodbye is not just like, okay, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. It's deleting their contact, blocking the email, blocking their phone number, blocking their text messages. If you have friend groups that do stuff together, you say goodbye to those friend groups and don't go if that person's going to be there. If you see that person in public at a mall, if you're at a bar with your friends and that person comes, like the person you cheated with, you leave and you tell your partner immediately, like I was out and I saw this person. Like that's part of that transparency and trust, but you need to cut that person completely out of your life. You can't rebuild trust with your partner, um, with the person that you cheated on still there. So, uh, and maybe eventually, like maybe years down the road, like the relationship heals to a point where you can let that person back in. But overall, if we're looking at the research and healing relationships, the person that you cheated with needs to be out of your life. Yeah. And I mean, if you just think about that, you know, from your partner's point of view. So if you've cheated with someone and then you're like, oh, we're not in a relationship anymore, but we're just friends like that, that building that trust is just so it's just going to be so much more difficult. And so like, if you're listening to this saying, oh, but I could never totally cut that person out because we had been friends for so many years or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, just know that that road to rebuilding trust becomes um, much steeper and much longer. <laughs> it's like uh, Sisyphus. That's the Greek myth where the guy's pushing the boulder up, but he never makes it to the top of the hill. Every time you see that person again, the boulder rolls all the way back down. And essentially, you have to start pushing it from the bottom. Um, so, I mean, it, and it's hard, right? But this is for the person who wants to rebuild that relationship. And and, I mean, an accountability shows up in a lot of different directions as well. This is a sex show. We talk about sex all the time. We have tons of episodes about uh, sexually transmitted diseases. If you cheated on somebody, you need to go to the doctor. You need to get yourself checked completely for everything. That's blood tests for syphilis and swabs for HIV and penis or vag- vaginal swabs for chlamydia and gonorrhea. Like you get the whole gamut done. Even... Even if you use condoms. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Because this is about accountability uh, and transparency and showing the other person. Now, if you've been cheated on, you should probably go get the full test as well. Um, But I mean, this is just part of rebuilding that trust again. Yeah. (laughs) This episode's kind of sad thinking about (laughs) like all of the steps that that you should do. Um, I don't know. So you've gotten your STI test, right? You've said goodbye. You've answered all of the questions. And then after you've done that, it gets even harder, right? So that's the easy part. What you've done so far is the easy part. The next part Spring kind of talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. This is all just the surface stuff, right? Like yep. that's that's just like fixing the immediate problem. But then like there was something that actually caused the cheating in the first place. There's some deeper problem and whether you want to admit it or not, there's something within the relationship that hasn't been addressed. And, and that's fine. There's always things that haven't been addressed in relationships. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with your relationship, but it does mean that you need to address it now. (laughs) And this is where there's a million different things that it could have been. This is why going to a sex therapist or a relationship therapist or a marriage and family therapist or counselor is really important because they can probably help you hone in on what was going on that led to the cheating, right? Because you actually, like like Spring said earlier, we kind of like shove things under the rug and we don't want to see them or we don't want to talk about them. Often people know that they're being cheated on for a long time or they have feelings about it, but they don't say anything because it's easier for them not to address the issue than to dig in. 
Well, to make that relationship better and to get through it, this is the point where you absolutely have to dig in and think about what caused it. What needs aren't being fulfilled? Is that person too controlling? One of the things that leads to cheating pretty frequently is someone feeling like their partner is too controlling. So they go somewhere else. So they have some control. There's a million things that can cause cheating. Now, none of the things that lead to cheating make cheating okay. I'm I'm just going to put it like cheating is not an okay, acceptable response, right? It should be communication first, and then figuring out what happens, not I'm going to go take this action that's, you know, an abuse of trust in my relationship and, and then try to make it better later. So you should flip it. Um, But it's figuring out the path that led to cheating for both partners, not just the one who cheated, but for the one who is cheated upon, like what is happening inside of that relationship? Right. And so there's something that is causing this just like disruption of feeling both partners feeling safe and loved in the relationship. And so really looking for that underlying issue is one of the only ways that you can really rebuild the relationship because you can do all of these things about trust, but if you haven't looked at what was underlying that original, like feeling this need that I need to like, you know, get us, get an escape in some way, then that's going to come up again. And you need to be spending a lot more energy on that relationship. Um, Spring and I have talked a lot of times that relationships take energy every day. And I mean, in healthy relationships, the energy you put in feels good. You're like, oh, I'm excited to do these things because it affirms my relationship. Sometimes if there's a relationship that's broken down or there's been cheating, it's reorienting yourself to dedicating that time and energy to making sure that that relationship is a focus of your mental energy and social energy and physical energy as well. And that will feel really hard because it'll feel like it will feel draining for a while, even though you love this person and you want to make it better, like, because that's, it's hard to get over that. And it's hard to like, feel whatever the energy is that person's giving you because it's probably not the most loving energy. They're still upset. So like what you're getting back from them isn't going to feel like you're what you're used to. And so as you're navigating, like, I know I need to put a lot of energy in this to fix it. Know that that's going to be difficult and like that you might not want to put that energy in all the time, but like that's a commitment that you're making to yourself into the relationship. If you decide that you want to be in this relationship, that sometimes it's going to be hard and it's going to be sucky until you get to this place where it's healthy again. Because you're uh, the other partner, like the partner who's been cheated upon, like they are, they are the ones that you need to accept that you've made a change, right? Like we're talking really about what forgiveness is and forgiveness doesn't happen in days or weeks or even months, right? Sometimes it can take years for forgiveness to really happen. Um, And and the partner may never forgive you anyway. I think it's really important to say that like if you've cheated on someone, even if you're doing everything to the best of your ability and you're going to therapy, that person might not forgive you and might not want you back. The relationship might be damaged in a way where that trust has been broken and and they don't have to forgive you, right? That's one of the things about forgiveness. Spring and I were talking about it just a few days ago. Like someone does not have to forgive you no matter how much energy you're putting in and it can feel that way. Um, But I also think that it's important where if the person is just continually punishing you, right? Like if there's no progress made, then time to cut your losses and, and, and say like, well, I messed up and this relationship is obviously not recoverable. And let's talk about how we, how we break up as well. Um, 
Yeah. But your forgiveness is based on the partner's processing and how long they need to process. It's not based on when you want it, right? And forgiveness is also based on giving apologies. I think Americans overall, and I know we have listeners all around the world, but I think Americans are especially bad at apologizing. Well, that's because we don't do anything wrong. Uh, Exactly. We don't do anything wrong. (laughs) Or we hear these apologies all the time where, oh, I'm sorry, but. And then there's an explanation or rationale given. That's not what an apology is, right? You've already talked about what's wrong and what the cause was, but you can't apologize and say like, well, you know, I'm really sorry that I cheated on you, but these were the things I didn't like. That That's not an apology, right? That's justifying why you cheated. You can talk about those other things and you should talk about those other things, but don't include those when you're talking, when you're doing the apology, because yeah. that's totally separate. <laughs> and I'm sorry, everyone, but uh, we need to go to commercial. So we'll be right back. All right. Let's talk about apologies for just another minute. I, I wrote out an apology for everyone. You, Spring's laughing right now. She knows I can't read a script to save my life. I'm such an off-the-cuff kind oh, of speaker. Oh, are you going to read this? Oh, I, I, I can't wait for this. Oh, I'm going to try to read it. So what should an apology sound right? Sound like, right? And <laughs> uh, see, I can't even do it now. I'm already stumbling over my words, just looking at the little script that I wrote for this. Um So apologies are really hard for people um, because we're trained that being wrong is the worst thing that we can do. We're trained that accountability is is like we should get rid of accountability, that vulnerability is a terrible thing. Apologies need to flip all of that. You need to be vulnerable. You need to be transparent and you need to be accountable. Um, So you can steal mine. Here it is. Uh, I'm really sorry because what I did was wrong. I know it was wrong. I hurt you. And I'm sorry that I hurt you. And I take accountability for what I did. I felt stifled and alone, and I made a mistake trying to fill that void, not with you, but with someone else. I couldn't handle the distance, and I didn't know how to get rid of it. I realized all of these things that I did made it worse, that the distance that the distance was because of... Uh, oh my God. See, I can't do it. I can't read my trip. That the distance became something real instead of something in my head. I'm sorry for what I did, right? If your apology sounds like justification or blame, then it's not an apology. And that's true for everybody in real life. You try to apologize to me and it sounds like you're just trying to justify it. I'll tell you like, well, that's a nice justification. I'm glad that you feel justified in what you did. That means you're not sorry for what you did. There we go. Yeah. You can't be sorry for someone else's feelings as well. You can only be sorry for your actions and the way your actions made someone else feel. But if you say, I'm sorry, you're feeling that way. That means you're not sorry at all. So that's the worst line people say. Yeah, because it it completely dismisses someone else's feelings. So I have this like overall thing when we're thinking about the cheating and we're thinking about moving on um, and like, and you started to say something about like cut your losses and what I just want to talk about for a minute, like in the middle here is when you have a relationship and then there's cheating right there, that's the end of that relationship. That relationship is over, done, the end. You don't lose anything at that point. The relationship's already over. And then you decide, do you want to build a new relationship with that person or do you want to build a new relationship with someone else? So sometimes people have this idea like, oh, I need to try to rebuild this with someone because I've already spent this much time on them. But at that point, 
like there's this big damage point. And so coming back from that is just as much effort, if not more (laughs) than building a new relationship. So I don't want anybody to say like, oh, but all this time I've spent with them and use that as an excuse. No, forget it. All the time has already happened. (laughs) You don't get it back no matter what. And you're at this point now. And then on both sides of the relationship, you say, okay, are we rebuilding this? Are we taking this time? Are we building this new relationship together? And that's how I want us to start to think about it. So we've been talking about, you know, like, what do you do if the person that you, you were the one that cheated? And next we're going to talk about like, what do you do if you've been cheated on and how you move through this as well? But from both sides, it should really be, okay, the end, what's next? Is it with this person or is it with someone new? I think that's a really great way to look at this. Uh, like what Spring's really talking about is the sunk cost fallacy and it's why people stay in unhappy relationships. Like I've been with this person for three years and if I leave, those three years are like, I've wasted three years of my life. No, you absolutely didn't. You had three years of your life and then you'll have three years in the future. They don't need to be with that same person. And I love talking about it like the cheating happens, that relationship is over and you need to decide whether you want to stay with that person. And that's really what we've been talking about, right? The whole time, like with the person who did the cheating, like, am I going to rebuild this relationship, this relationship that was broken, that is gone into something better or something new. Um, So we have strategies that we're going to talk about if you've been like, if someone has cheated on you, because we're talking about like, this is the road to recovery. Um, And this is really complicated. And it's different pathways for all people. But I mean, the first thing that I want to say, I don't know what, what spring thinks. But the first thing is like, you have permission to feel all of the emotions being cheated on is essentially going to release a floodgate of everything. You're going to be all over the place. Um, you've heard of DABDA, uh, depression, anger, bargaining, denial, acceptance, except I reversed denial and depression. Um, but you're going to be angry. You're going to be afraid. You're going to have regret. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I wasted time. You're going to have anxiety. Uh, being cheated on makes you question who you are as a person, if you are worth anything, right? It makes you question your self-value. It makes you question your sexual self. Am I attractive? Why don't, why didn't they want to have sex with me? Am I like, what's wrong with my body? Um, You might want to lash out. You might want to scream and cry. A lot of times people feel really numb and they don't feel anything. And all of this is okay. Um, And we know most people who are cheated on pretty much go through all of that. They have all of these different kinds of emotions. Um, And it's really unsettling for people too, that you can have like, I feel numb and I want to scream and I want to cry. And I feel really happy, right? Like, I feel like it's over. There's been this suspicion in the back of my head for the past three months that I think cheating's happened. And now I know and I feel better and I know I can break up with this person, except I'm still really sad and angry. Like you have all of this kind of flashing around and it's okay, right? Because the way to get better is to say like, I'm having all of these feelings and I need to start processing them. Um, So it's healthy and normal when you've been cheated on to kind of have that internal roller coaster. And there'll be some external as well. And if you have a partner that really wants to work on this with you, um, there are a lot of ways that you can move through those emotions with that person. And um, I mean, one is obviously with a therapist or counselor, you can do writing exercises together where you're sharing things. You can do, um, obviously you can do conversations. Um, I had a partner once who allowed me to, um, he just held space for me and allowed me to scream and cry and let out all the emotions I needed to. And he just did 
deep breaths and listened and um, until I was finished and we could have a conversation. And, you know, if there are things that you feel like would be helpful to you, you should ask your partner for them. You should say, like, I feel like I really just need to get all this out and I need you to just listen for a while before you respond. Like, is that okay? And like set up some ground rules with your partner so that you can think how you can move through that together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially at the beginning of the process, it's not necessarily going to be rational. Like Spring says, she had to scream and cry and be upset. It, like, it's not going to be a couple hours. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it, and for you, it might be weeks, right? Like where you're just like, I don't know how to process this, but your partner needs to be able to give give you space. I think something else that's really, really important to say at the beginning, um, and I see it happen all the time. It happens in movies and television shows where like the person who is cheated on gets blamed because they found out, right? Like they saw the text or they heard the phone call or they saw the, the credit card bill with the weird charges on it. No, you are not to blame if you snooped and found out like snooping is bad. We, we shouldn't like we should have trust, but um, never let the conversation turn from but you saw my X, Y or Z or but you looked here. No, you are not to blame. It is not your fault. If you are the person who's cheated on like the other person did it and you need to refocus all of that energy to yes, I know me knowing is not the problem. You doing is the problem. Right. So you knowing about it and how you know about it is never the problem. Them like they cheated and just make sure you put it in that direction. I, I mean, I would say that is another symptom of another problem, though, <laughs> if there was, you know, some lack of trust already. I mean, maybe it was because the person was acting suspicious, you know, but um, if you weren't trusting your partner for some reason and you felt the need to snoop or look at things instead of talk to them about it, like that's another symptom of like something underlying. So like, that's not an okay behavior. That doesn't mean that you're at fault for this. I agree with Andrew there, but like, it's still not an okay behavior to engage in when you're, well, for anybody, for a friend or partner, whoever. Absolutely not. But in terms of like the, like the, the whole issue of cheating, no matter how you found out, like, doesn't matter if a friend told you or whatever it is, right? Like the problem is not you and you knowing the problem is them doing, um, yeah. So don't take the blame for it. Right. Just got to get that in there. So you're gonna have crazy emotions. You aren't to blame. Um, I, I mean, I kind of struggle with this. So when spring and I got this question submitted, I'm like, Oh, dump them. Okay, let's, let's go next question. Like, uh, my <laughs> view is really different. And this is why I love working with spring because like, she, she is, she's of a mindset where there can be reconciliation. For me, most of the time, I'm like, well, no, I that trust has been broken for me. Like, hey, I, I don't think I'm ever going to date anyone else because I'm pretty happy in my relationship. But if that were not the case, I would not respond well. Like my process would be, okay, well, thanks for that. And we're done. Like, so th like I struggle with this half of the equation. The other half, I was like, oh, well, here we go. Second half, it, it's harder for me to talk about this because in my mindset, the way that I build relationships with people, I don't process breaking that kind of trust. And I think there's a lot of people in my kind of boat as well. So like the next part here is like, you really need to choose if you want to work things out, right? And if you do, if you still love this person, if you think you can make it work, then absolutely you can do it. Right. And you know, I love, I love that phrase you just said, if you think you can make it work, we can't make anything work, right? <laughs> we can't just make it work. We, we have to 
effing work we have to put in the work, right? There's a lot of work on both sides. So we're talking about now, like you got cheated on, like you have a lot of work to like process all of these emotions and then to like, to know who you are, to like stand firm in your own strength and your own confidence and realize your own worth. And like, for some people, that's very easy. And for some people, you know, that's a lot of therapy to like help them realize their own worth and to to know that they are still very worthy of love and of being um, half of a like strong partnership um, after they've been cheated on. And so like the the place you are in your life actually, you know, like really depends on like where you are in your ability to make this decision to like decide if you want to continue in a relationship where you've been cheated on. Because like, if you are um, younger and just like less sure of yourself and like, don't know as much about yourself and what you want in your life, then moving through, that's going to be a lot harder. And like, that's just a reality of us growing up and really knowing who we are and what we want in our lives. Absolutely. Um, and, and a lot of it, like this is gets back to the very core of the sex rap, right? Like you're going to have to learn to communicate really effectively if you want to get back together with this person, right? It's about knowing who you are and what you want and then clearly communicating it. Like you're going to have to lay it all out there and say, this is what I need and this is what I want in a relationship. Um, I don't know. And then I think this one's probably maybe the most important point. So you want to take all of the receipts and you want to send texts to the to all of the person who cheats friends, their mom, their boss, Oh, wait, never mind. That was bad advice. Don't do that. You're going to feel uh. like you want to do that. You're going to want to lash out. You're going to want to provide receipts for the damage that was done. But don't unless you're petty. And then they probably shouldn't be dating you anyway. Just kidding. Just kidding. Not really. So this is not a time to air dirty laundry. Like this is a time if you have a really close friend or a really close couple of friends that you want to get together and talk about your feelings with them about what happened. This is not the time to send pictures or texts to the boss or the mom. Okay. So what Andrew's saying is you should talk to people about it. You should definitely get support. Um, and, and you want to be very honest about what you say and your communication with these people that you're getting support from. And you don't want to be ridiculously mean or just like say bad things about that person either. Because if you want to move forward with that person, those are also the things that your friends and support groups are going to remember. So like if you want to move forward with this person and you really love them, you need to speak that way about them when you're looking for support as well. And I know that's really hard, but that's actually how you can build this new relationship that you're building with them. Because if you talk about how terrible they acted toward you and you like go on and on and like really amp that up and then like that's what you talk about to all your friends, then they will never be on board with you being in a relationship with that person again. And that affects your whole ability to have a future relationship with them. I mean, it makes those if you're going to eventually like date this person and get into a serious relationship, it makes family holidays a real pleasure. Cause I'm sure everybody here has an auntie or an uncle or somebody in your family where like, you know, that 
the the dirt has kind of been spread everywhere and there's that always that level of tension so if you want to make it work just you don't you you want to have support and you want to be able to talk to people but you don't want to send copies of the text to, to the mom right just like be really careful about what goes on with it um so why do they cheat on you you need to know so this is the same advice that we gave in the other half like you need to get to what happened in the relationship did it confirm a suspicion that you already had and if you had that suspicion where did that suspicion come from if you had a suspicion it means you knew something was already wrong think about why you didn't act on it right so you have to get to the core of it and you have to understand is this something that i want to work on something that i want to make better or is this something where you know it's not worth my energy or time and this is over right so why do they cheat on you and and we've alluded to this a couple times. Um, you can't change other people. You can't fix other people, right? If you enter into mm-hmm. a relationship with a person, you can have conversations about like, these are my expectations. But if there's a person who has a pattern of cheating in their past, like if they've cheated on all of their previous partners, if they've cheated on you multiple times, they aren't going to change for you. They're not going to stop cheating. It's time to cut your losses. I love what Spring said. That relationship is over. Do you want to build a new relationship with this person? Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, And it's really hard, right? Often we see people who are cheated on multiple times. There's power differentials or that person works and you don't work or they make more money or they have the lease to the house and the car. All of those sort of things happen, which is why it's so important to build uh, support networks for yourself so that if something happens, you know, you can you can take a step out. And I mean... It's so funny because I don't even think we've made the joke yet today, but we always talk about, you know, on the show that our answer to most of our questions is communication. Communication. I I wanted Andrew to say it with me, but he was trying to drink water at the time when I needed him to say it. Sorry, sorry. How awkward is that? Do you want to try again? The answer is communicate. Oh, God, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right poor communication is the is the the solution no i mean but communication only gets you so far in this case as well right but that is like if you are not communicating about all of these pieces like there's so much here like we've talked about like the emotions you know like these underlying things like these trust things like all of this like all of this needs really strong communication skills and so to get through this that is like number one it's how you're going to get through it if you want to get through it and then i think a number two is probably get professional help like number one really be good at communication or practice communication or be willing to communicate. And then number two, you're willing to communicate with a professional in the room who's going to help you dig in and give you strategies and give you homework and make sure that the accountability is happening without punishment. Um, Like if you, if you're, if someone cheated on you and you want to get back together with them and you're constantly checking their text and their email and trying to be controlling because they cheated on you and they hurt you. But if you do that forever, you're never going to have a happy, healthy relationship either, which is why it's so important to communicate well and then have profession. Prof- you need a professional. You need a therapist or a counselor. We're going to give a shout out to Cindy Darnell here. And then once again at the end, and a link to her website is going to be in her notes. She's our favorite uh, sex therapy counselor, therapist. Yeah, expert. she's so good. Yeah. So amazing. So 
I think we're about at the end for today. And I, I really want to do our just the tip portion because I love, you know, when we try to boil down 45 minutes into a sentence. <laughs> so, Andrew, do you have a just the tip for today? Uh, so when I was thinking about this question, um, I, I kept hearing the, the words of, I think, the voice of a generation, a really important poet in the United States. So Ariana Grande has the song, Thank <laughs> You, Next. Um, and if you're in this kind of situation, I think that there's some really positives to that song where, you know, like, I learned things from that relationship. I'm a better, stronger person for various reasons from this relationship, but it's not working for me, right? So I'm going to say goodbye and find someone who better feels fulfills my needs that I feel like I can better fulfill their, theirs. Now, if you want to apologize, I don't know if there's a song that comes to mind, like apologize, start from scratch, forgive the person and, and make it work. But in terms of like important music of this decade, thank you, next. Spring? Sorry, now all I can hear is that shaggy song, Caught Red-Handed banging on the bathroom floor. I You got me thinking wow. about cheating songs and now that's all I can hear in my head. <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> thank you next for me. And then cut you on the bathroom floor. Um, okay. So my tip um, is going to be what I was talking about in that middle part of the show. So my tip is mourn and bury. So if you have um, been cheated on, if you have cheated on someone, mourn and bury that relationship and then decide what's next. Either a new relationship with that person or a new relationship with someone else. That's my main tip. Mourn, bury, and then figure out what's next. Yeah. No matter what happens and how a breakup happens or how cheating happens, you learn something and you grow as a person in every single relationship. So I love, like, I'm going back to what Spring said. It's a break and you have to choose whether you want a new relationship and look at what you learned in your previous relationship to see if you want to continue. That's oh, great. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you have any questions about this episode or have any follow-up, uh, you can reach us. Um, or any other questions about love, sex, relationships, romance, breakups, quarantine, cheating. Um, you can find us uh, on social media. We're at The Sex Wrap. What's Wrap with the W on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send us a DM there. Uh, you can send us an email. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. And you can call us at 413-I-RAPID. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school or just too af <laughs> music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious breakmaster cylinder the podglomerate a sonic universe